Pastor Xavier Reese and the favored of the Lord. The fact that Israel exists as a nation today, despite the 900 years of persecution and being dispersed throughout the world, is a miracle fulfilled, which is called prophecy. Three times in the scripture, God says, Israel is the apple of his eye. Do you know that? Listen to it. For he who touches you touches the apple of my eye. Let me tell you, those who touch Israel, they're adding to their own hurt. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Today, Israel exists amidst a strange dichotomy, celebrated by Christians and persecuted by its neighbors. Well, today, Pastor Xavier digs deep into the prophetic section of the Old Testament book of Ezekiel and reveals that Israel is not meant to be just a tourist attraction of ancient relics, nor a stepping stone of modern politics. Let's join him for today's revealing Bible study. Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 14, and the message entitled, The Rebirth of Israel. The prophet Ezekiel here gives us a vision of the short and long-term restoration of the establishment of the state and nation of Israel. And he explains how it's going to happen, and it's characterized by three things. Verse 1 and 2, the illustration for the rebirth of the nation of Israel. Dry bones. Secondly, 3 through 8, the realization of the rebirth of the nation of Israel. And then 9 through 14, you have the regeneration after the rebirth of the nation of Israel. Look at verse 1. The illustration of the nation was a valley of dead bones. The examination of the bones confirms their condition of death. Uh, Yahweh wanted the prophet to observe the bones. Uh, God had him scrutinize the bones uh, to his horror, not being buried, which was desecration to the Jew. Then he caused me to pass by them all around. And Yahweh wanted the prophet to be thoroughly convinced of their lifeless condition. They'd been there for a long time, and Ezekiel could not reasonably expect anything from these bones. This would have to be God's doing. The dry, lifeless bone are identified for us, by the way. I'm going to jump ahead so that we know from the beginning, and there's no guessing game. Verse, 12, verse 11 and 12, it says, The house of Israel, my people. Now notice, secondly, we have the realization of the rebirth of the nation of Israel, 3 through 8. He said to me, Son of man, and the question is simple, can these bones live again? The answer to the prophet in his mind is natural. He would have to say no in view of the observation. But the answer to the prophet is most wise. He relegates it to the power and the will of God. So I answer, O Lord God, you know. Now look at verse 4 through 6. The near and far prophecy is given here. In verse 4, Ezekiel is commanded to prophesy these life, to these lifeless bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord Yahweh. The bones are commanded to hear. The authority again is divine, thus saith the Lord God to these bones. The sure promise would take place. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. The nation shall come together. I will put sinew on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you. 
He runs the process altogether without making a distinction at this point between the physical return and the spiritual revival. The nation would be regenerated by the Spirit of God, and you shall live. This takes place at the end of the Great Tribulation to enter the Millennial Kingdom. We've established that already. Okay? Now, notice the nation would acknowledge their Messiah. Then you shall know that I am the Lord Yahweh. This is the Millennial Kingdom. Israel will occupy all the land promised to them in the Old Testament. Notice the present independent nation of Israel now. It's given in 7 and 8. The prophet Ezekiel was allowed to see the future physical rebirth of the nation of Israel. He's run them together in the previous verse. Now he separates them. Ezekiel saw for himself the bones coming back together. He witnessed with his ears the rattling of the bones first. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling as he sees all these bones coming together. And then he witnesses with his own eyes, secondly, and the bones came together bone to bone. That's the present state today. We'll show you this. Look at verse 8 now. The prophet Ezekiel saw then the land in the first stage. Ezekiel saw the nation as a people. Indeed, as I looked, the sinew and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them. The Zionist movement as stated, began with a man named Herzl in 1897 who felt that the Jews, if they were ever going to survive, they needed their own nation. This resulted in the physical rebirth of the nation of Israel, May 14, 1948. David Ben-Gurion called the independent state of Israel as a nation for the third time in history. So the physical regathering and establishing of the nation, we have seen for ourselves Look at Ezekiel. He saw that it was not the final or complete fulfillment, though. The spiritual rebirth, because listen, listen, but there was no breath in them. He qualifies this aspect. The first stage, the physical nation. There's no breath in them. They're not born again. They don't acknowledge Jesus as Messiah. Many Jews are atheists, good moral pagans. You have the Orthodox Jews. They're very small in number. But they don't believe Jesus is the Messiah. They don't accept the New Testament. You understand? Here he makes it very good. There was no breath in them. This reminds us of the creation of Genesis 2-7. He breathed into the nostrils of man and he became a living soul. This is a reference to the new covenant that we studied last time, 36, 24 through 27 to be specific, the new heart, the new spirit. This involves the second, in the second stage of the regathering of the remnant from the four corners of the earth and being born again, regenerated by God's spirit, just like you and I were at the end of the tribulation. So he speaks of the physical regathering that we've seen, and he speaks still now of the future at the end of the tribulation. The fact that Israel exists as a nation, an ethnic group today, despite the 900 years of persecution and being dispersed throughout the world is a miracle fulfilled, which is called prophecy. Three times in the scripture, God says Israel is the apple of his eye. Do you know that? Deuteronomy 32.10, Psalm 17.8, and the third one is Zechariah 12.8. Listen to it. Listen, I'm going to read that one. For thus saith the Lord Yahweh of hosts. The Lord of hosts, remember when we studied Isaiah? What does it mean? The captain of the armies of heaven. When that is used, he's going to fight. You know what? He's never lost a battle. Listen to him. He sent me after glory to the nations which plunder you, Israel. 
For he who touches you touches the apple of my eye. Somebody goes like this, you're right, you're ready to fight. Let me tell you, those who touch Israel, they're adding to their own hurt. Everybody, our nation included. There is a present-day lie that is being perpetrated by professors in the university, students, the media, politicians, and, Christ- and most Christian leaders, certainly the Arabs and all Muslims, that the land belongs to the modern-day Palestinians due to the fact that they say they are the original inhabitants and descendants of the promised land. And that the fact that the state of Israel has no right to exist, and if they would be removed, all the problems would be solved. Listen to me. First of all, and I said it's a lie. First of all, the concept that a Palestinian people and state was an original one, so-called Palestine, is a modern idea and twisting of history, both secular and biblical. Genesis 17, 7 through 8, 1 Chronicles 16, 15 through 18, the land was given to Abraham. It's called, listen, the land of Canaan, and it was an everlasting possession. Everlasting means it's his. And it's called the land of Canaan, not Palestine. Land of Canaan. The land is called Canaan 46 times in the book of Genesis. The last time when Joseph buries his father Jacob in the cave of Machpelah, where Abraham was buried. Genesis 50, 5, and 13. 46 times. Land of Canaan. Never called Palestine. God made his covenant promise with Abraham. And then Isaac. Still an everlasting covenant. Not with Ishmael. Ishmael was sent away by the command of God at age 14. He arrived at the wilderness of Paran, settled in the Arabian Peninsula, and took an Egyptian wife. Genesis 16, 19, 21, 12, and 21. That's the facts, Jack. And by the way, he was Egyptian by mother, and he was Chaldean by Abraham. So he's not Palestinian. There's no such thing since then, all right? The land was promised to a people who were enslaved for 400 years in Egypt in Genesis 15.3. Let me ask you a question. When were the Arabs in Egypt for 400 years? <laughs> the child born to Keturah, because, you know, Abraham had a second wife, all of them, they were sent away to the countries of the east, Arabia, to ensure Isaac to be the heir alone of the land and promise, Genesis 25, 4 through 6. All of them were removed except for Isaac. Now, from the biblical and historical facts, Neither Ishmael nor any of Keturah's children can make a claim on being the original inhabitants or descendants of the promised land. The originals were Canaanites. And Abraham, it was given to him. In fact, this tells us that the descendants of Ishmael are not even 100% pure Ishmael bloodline, but a mixed race. Because then he went back and married an Egyptian. He's not totally Egyptian. He's not totally uh, Chaldean. Interesting. The realization of the rebirth of the nation of Israel has taken place in the present, ladies and gentlemen. You would have to be blind or under the same satanic spirit to deny it. Notice thirdly, we have the regeneration after the rebirth of the nation of Israel in 9 through 14. 9 and 10, the impartation of the spirit on the nation. And nine, the prophet was then to speak to the, uh, to the breath. The command is stated twice for emphasis. Also, he said to me, prophesy to, to the breath, prophesy, son of man. The command is once again by divine authority. 
Thus says the Lord. The command would bring to pass the spiritual rebirth of the nation. Listen. Come from the four winds all over. God's spirit is everywhere. O breath. And breathe on these slain that they may live. In verse 10, the prophet was now allowed to witness the spirit of God to bring about the spiritual rebirth. He witnesses the coming of the spirit. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And breath came into them. It will happen. They're in the land physically. They've returned. It's not the ultimate regathering. God will regather them at the four corners of the earth, but this is at the end of the tribulation when God will regenerate them. We studied last week the new covenant. He witnesses the spiritual birth of the nation, and they lived and stood upon their feet, and he witnessed the nation as a force to be reckoned with, an exceedingly great army. Notice the identification of the nation is unmistakable in verse 11 and 12. The prophet is given the interpretation. He is not left to his own, nor you or I. Stay out of the text. Let it speak for itself. Yahweh was the speaker. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Ishmael. My Bible says Israel. Governed by God. Jacob's name was changed to Israel, not Ishmael's. These bones scattered throughout are the house of Israel, whose God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Not once in the Bible do we read that God is the God of Ishmael or the Palestinians, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yahweh expresses the hopelessness of the nation at this point. They indeed say, our bones are dry, our hope is lost, we ourselves are cut off. But the prophet was to communicate their hope in Yahweh. Look at 12. Yahweh declares his relationship to them. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people. Who? The house of Israel. The Jew, not the Arab, not the Palestinians, not Ishmael. Israel, the Jew. Yahweh declares he would be the one to bring them back physically and make them alive spiritually. I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves. This, again, is not referring to resurrection that we're looking forward, but it's the regeneration, the spiritual rebirth of the nation of Israel. We've seen it in 36, 26 through 27, the new heart, the new spirit. You understand? Notice Yahweh declared he would make them and the land one. And bring you into the land of Israel. The next section of this chapter, particular 15 through 28, it will tell you about the stick of Ephraim, the stick of Joseph, and he'll make them one, one nation. Verse 16 and 17 and 22 in particular. The rest of this chapter confirms what he said already. They're not going to be two nations, north and southern, but one nation under Yahweh. Now look at 13 through 14. The illumination about their existence is made known to the nation at this time. 13, the nation will acknowledge Yahweh. Their posture will be one of submission. Then you shall know that I am the Lord Yahweh. Then, then who? At the end of the tribulation. The particular time when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves. And then look at 14. The nation will be one with Yahweh. Yahweh would impart his spirit to them. I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live. And Yahweh would position them in the land. Listen to this. Listen. And I will place you in your land. Yahweh would be acknowledged as faithful to his word. Then you shall know that I, 
the Lord Yahweh has spoken it and performed it. Yahweh would vindicate his absolute authority, says the Lord Yahweh. Listen to Jeremiah 33, 20 and 21. Thus saith the Lord Yahweh, if you break my covenant with the day and my covenant with the night, so that there will not be day and night in their seasons, then my covenant may also be broken with, my, with David, my servant, so that he shall not have a son to reign on the throne and with the Levites, the priests, and the ministers. You want to get rid of Israel? Pull down the sun. How about the moon? As long as the moon and the sun come up, Israel's coming back together. That's the only way you can break the covenant with Israel if nature doesn't exist anymore. It's pretty well settled, isn't it? The nation of Israel is back in the land, but not spiritually alive yet. The next event that takes place is the rapture of the church. The attack of Israel by Russia and the confederacy of her Muslim nations will take place either right before the rapture, right at the rapture, or right after the rapture. The reason being, because Ezekiel 39.9 says they will take those weapons of war and burn them for fuel for seven years. It's real simple. Israel will make a seven-year covenant with the Antichrist. Daniel 9.27 says he will reestablish sacrifice, build their temple. Revelation 6.2, he will conquer through diplomacy. In the middle of those seven years, three and a half years, the Antichrist will break that covenant, stop the sacrifices, the abomination of desolation, declare himself God, and begin persecutions against the Jews and all Christians. Daniel 11, 36 to 37, Jesus said in Matthew 24, 15, the abomination of desolation. Paul the Apostle in 2 Thessalonians 2, 4 says he will walk in the temple, declare himself God. Revelation 11, 2, 13, 3 through 6 shows us the court of the Gentiles. The remnant of Israel will flee then to the city of Petra on the other side of Jordan, protected by God for three and a half years, the last three and a half, great tribulation. Isaiah 16, 1, Revelation 12. Very, very clear. The prophet Zechariah tells us that remnant, listen to him, listen very carefully, Zechariah 13, 8. And it shall come to pass in all the land, saith the Lord Yahweh, that two-thirds of it shall be cut off and die, but one-third shall be left in it. It is going to be such a horrible time, Jesus says, it would be better to die than to live in those days. Unless those days were shortened, in three and a half years, no one would survive. Two of three Jews are going to die under the hand of the Antichrist. The worst day that Israel has ever seen is still coming. It will be at the hands of the Antichrist, the one they will make the covenant with. Jesus said, you should not see me henceforth. You say, blessed is you, comes in the name of the Lord. Matthew 23, 37, 39. For rejecting the Messiah, he gave them up. Blindness and part of heaven there until the fullness of the Gentile comes in, Romans eleven twenty five. until the church is removed. Then he will deal with Israel once again. The Lord Jesus will return in the second coming with his church at the end of the seven years. I want to read you some scriptures of the Old Testament. Listen very carefully. Zechariah 12, 10, and 11. And I will pour on my house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. Then they will know. They, then they will look to me whom they have pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for the firstborn. In that day, there shall be great mourning in Jerusalem like the mourning of Hadad, Ramon, and plain of Megiddo. The house of Israel, the house of David. Not Mecca, not Medina, not Ishmael, not Palestinian. It's very, very, very clear. Listen to Zechariah again, 14, 3 through 9. 
Then the Lord Yahweh will go forth and fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle. And in that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem in the east, and the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west, making a very large valley. Half of the mountains will move towards the north and half of them towards the south. Then you shall flee through my mountain valley, and the mountain valley shall reach to Azal. Yes, you shall flee as you fled from the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king Judah. Thus the Lord my God will come. And all those things with him, you and I. It shall come to pass in that day that there will be no light. The lights will diminish, and there shall be one day which is known to the Lord, neither day nor night, but at evening time it shall happen, that it will be light. And in that day it shall be that the living waters shall flow from Jerusalem, half of them flow to, out of Jerusalem, half of them towards the eastern sea, and half of them towards the western sea. In other words, the Dead Sea and the Mediterranean Sea. And both summer and winter it shall occur, and the Lord Yahweh shall be king over all the earth. In that day it shall be the Lord Yahweh is one, his name is one. You understand what's going to happen? Joel the prophet, as you know, he's, to him is a true, the day of the Lord, he's a major prophet. Joel 3, 1 and 2. For behold, in those days and at that time, when I bring back the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem, very specific, I will also gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. And I will enter into judgment with them there on account of my people, my heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations, and they have also divided my land. That's President Carter's book, that Israel should be divided. A good healthy fear would be good at this point. Any plan to divide the land is, is, is a declaration of war against God. Amos the prophet, I love him. Great prophet, listen to Amos 9, 11 through 15. On that day, I will rise up the tabernacle of David. I will raise up the tabernacle, which has fallen down and repair its damages. I will raise it up its ruins and rebuild it in the days of old as in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, saith the Lord, who does this thing. Behold, the days are coming, saith the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper, when the treader of the graves, him who sows seed, the mountains shall drip with sweet wine, and all the hills shall flow with it. I will bring back the captivity of my people Israel, they shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They shall also make gardens and eat fruit of them. I will plant them in their land, and no longer shall they be pulled up from the land I have given them, says the Lord Yahweh God Elohim. You understand what he's saying? This has not happened yet. This is the millennial kingdom at the end of the great tribulation period. The regeneration after the rebirth of the nation of Israel will take place in the future. We've seen the physical return. The spiritual rebirth is yet to come, people. But I see the fig tree budding. I see some big figs coming forth. <laughs> They're ready to be picked. Ezekiel has been given the vision of the short-term and long-term Future restoration, the establishment of the state of Israel as a nation, and how it's to happen. The illustration for the rebirth of the nation of Israel has taken place in the past, 1948. The realization of the rebirth of the nation of Israel has taken place in our present life. 
We've all been witness to it. If not, you at least read about it. Maybe you're younger. The regeneration after the birth of the nation of Israel will take place in the future. And what do I base that? That the present physical return has happened. That all the prophecies from chapter 37 back came to pass. What would lead me to believe that these will not? Whose side are you on? God's or man's? That's the side you're picking. God's or man's? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, Joshua said. Pastor Xavier Reese and the importance of paying attention to prophecy. Today's message, The Rebirth of Israel, is available on CD for just $4. And this will also include what Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. And once again, the title to ask for is The Rebirth of Israel, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please be sure and include the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This information is helpful when we check on the impact of this outreach in your area. What happens when a nation offends the Lord Almighty? That's our topic on the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 